If you could highlight your life in two or three snippets, like you're going to tell somebody, you're going to encourage somebody in their faith, and you have two or three snippets of your life to use, what would you use? Take a moment. Think about your life. What it has been like to live for Jesus from up until this point, and what two or three snippets would you use, like short snippets, would you use to inspire somebody in your in their faith? Now tell your friend. From a trailer park. (laughs) (laughs) Mike's on. Thank you. Okay. If I was to tell you snippets of my life to encourage my courage your faith, one thing that I might say is the Lord has kept me away from things. The Lord has kept me safe and kept me away from things. He's also provided. Um, and then he gives me great opportunities to do silly things. This is just an aside. Okay, so for many of you, you saw that I was walking around with a mustache on my face earlier on. This is, this is how little things, little stupid things escalate. Okay, so this is, it's not stupid. It's not, it's not. So this morning, maybe after lunch, Curtis and I were chatting and I made mention of his little, oh, not little, but like, you know, his work here. And I asked him about Movember. Um, and, and so I think it went a little bit like this. He asked me if I had, if he gave me a mustache, would I wear it? Was that how it went? And I said, yeah, yeah. And that was the end of the conversation. But then around four, no, around three o'clock, Curtis swung by my office, 417, with three boxes, no, three packages of mustaches, including seven mustaches in each package, (laughs) and asked me if I would wear one every single day, to which I responded, yep. I don't know. The Lord didn't keep me from that stupidity on that one. <laughs> and then um, and then we started to talk about Movember and what Movember was there. And OSAP was there. And so we started to do a little bit of research. And we were trying to figure out, is it on uh, for men's mental health? Is it about men's wealth or health and particularly men's cancer? Um, and so we did a little research and it's for both. And then, for some reason, I figured if I'm going to do this every single day, 
I'm going to do it for a reason. So we hopped on the Movember website and figured out that we wanted to raise, I'm including you in this now, the, th- the three of us, where's those staff? See. Oh, he's at ministry. That's right. He's not here on Wednesdays. Um, that we, <laughs> we, I, would raise $500. Rough. <laughs> so, um, which means all of my friends need to give. <laughs> that includes you. So I committed to taking a selfie, which I don't t- typically do, um, with different mustaches on every day for the sake of Movember and men's health. Um, So there we have it. That's that. Uh, I was asked if I would wear it all night, and I I will not because I can't pay attention while that thing's on my face. But could you imagine if you actually only had two or three things to, like, out of your lifespan, out of the 20, in between 18 to 20 or 17 to 20, whatever years that that you are living, that you have two or three snippets of your life that you have to share and encourage others it's pretty it was it's hard work um, but that's the task of the book of hebrews he takes all of these people these massive lifespans and he he chops them down to just a few little bits and pieces and so he takes the lifespan of 120 years which span four books of the bible And he takes the life of Moses and chops it down to about five different situations. That's it. 120 years into five situations. That's crazy. It's a lot of material that we need to go through tonight. So get comfortable. We're going to go through it all. (laughs) No, just kidding. Um, But we do, I want to highlight the things that didn't get covered by the author of Hebrews, because he didn't touch on a lot of stuff. He didn't touch on the fact that um, Abraham, he didn't touch on Ab- or Abraham, Moses's uh, father-in-law or his wife. He didn't talk about the burning bush. He didn't talk about that at all. And I want to take this moment, while the Hebrew, the author of, of Hebrews did not use this, use his time to talk about the burning bush, I do want to just pause for a second and do a little bit of, of confirming what, not I really, but just to confirm what Avery was saying because Paul had shared a message with me earlier on that really jived, really connected. And I was wondering, Paul, if you could just share what you shared with me uh, just, to, just to confirm because, you know, when, when the Lord speaks to people and kind of says the same thing, it's worthwhile of a listen. Right? So could you just share what you share with me downstairs? Yeah. Um, We were at a leadership seminar yesterday. And this guy, he was talking about how Moses, when he was called at the burning bush, and God uh, sent him to Egypt. And Moses was totally kind of insecure. Oh, Lord, don't send me. Please, no. I, 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 I have bad speech. I'm, I'm like not your guy. I can't do it. And God, when he responded, he didn't respond by like, oh, Aaron, you're not that bad, you know. Like, you'll, you'll, you'll do fine. Don't worry. No, God said, no, I will be with you, you know. And I am who I am. That is my name. And your failure 
won't happen because I am present in your life. Um, yeah. Yeah, just to thank you. Thank you for sharing. It's a message that is coming up, like it came up in our language here, but for Moses, that was his, that was like his, what, but the author of Hebrews didn't touch on it, that there was insecurity, that Moses, Moses had insecurity and actually challenged like, is this my calling? Can I actually do this? But God, but God, but God, like that's what we were talking, that's. Like Avery was, that's what the Lord was whispering to Avery and what she shared with us. But I am, that's our God. I am is with us. And, and so while the author of Hebrews didn't touch on it, obviously God wants us to hear it tonight. That I am is with you and that our strength and ability rests in him, not on our own capacities. So the author didn't mention that. He didn't highlight the, res- the massive responsibility that Moses actually had. Massive responsibility. He didn't highlight that um, the arrival of like at Mount Sinai. The author of Hebrews doesn't talk about the Ten Commandments. He doesn't talk about the golden calf. He doesn't talk about the Ten Commandments being broken. He doesn't talk about the second great, second Ten Commandments. He doesn't talk about how after 40 years in the wilderness and overcoming many obstacles, Moses had to take a whole bunch of ex-slaves and transform them into a nation. He doesn't talk about that. The author of Hebrews doesn't talk about how God provided manna and quail for the people of Israel and how Moses was leading that charge. And it doesn't talk about how Moses heard the complaints of the people of Israel about the manna and quail. The book of Hebrews, it doesn't talk about how when the people needed water, God told Moses what to do and how to get water, and how Moses messed it up. And how instead of speaking to the walk, he smacked the rock. And because of his disobedience, that changed the end, the end years of his life. It didn't talk about, in Hebrews, that Moses was gifted his brother Aaron to be his mouthpiece. It doesn't talk about the amount of patience and compassion that Moses would have had for the people of Israel. Hebrews doesn't talk about how, yes, God gave the Ten Commandments, but then God also gave the book of um, the Covenant so it did, that God gave Moses and the Israelite people laws on how to live out his life, how to live out their lives. It doesn't talk about how because and through Moses' leadership and dependency on God that half of the land or the land of east of the Jordan was conquered and given to uh, the tribes of Reuben and Gad and half to Manasseh. It doesn't talk about that at all. And it doesn't talk about how the Israelites, they made their way to the promised land and Moses didn't. Hebrews doesn't talk about that at all. Hebrews talks about five things. We get just a trailer version of Moses' life. Now, it's not to reduce Moses and all that he was and then like some sort of reductionist type thing. Really, the author of Hebrews is giving us a snippet because... The original audience and we know the stuff, the story, and we can fill in the gaps. 
But there's pieces that are mentioned in the book of Hebrews that are really worthwhile for us to grapple with and to be inspired and challenge us to persevere. Because that's the goal of Hebrews 11, for perseverance, to keep the faith. And so let's take a look at what the author actually does say. So let's take a look at Hebrews 11, 23 to 29. I had a lot of fun the last time that when we read it together, so I thought we could do that again. Yeah? Okay, so we've got your by faith, so I'll read the rest. So let's do it. Three, two, one. By faith, Moses' parents hid from him, well, hid him for three months after he was born because they saw that he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded great disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasure of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw, that he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry ground, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. That's Moses' life. Four books down to six verses. (laughs) Wow. But Moses' life, through the lens of the Hebrew author, shows us a story of faith that chooses to see. It's a faith that chooses to see. And this faith of choosing to see doesn't even start with Moses. It doesn't even start with Moses. It starts with his mom and dad. Their names are Amram and Yachbed. That's their names. Aww. Sweet Amram and Yachbed. That's so beautiful. I love that this is where the Hebrew author chooses to start Moses' story. It's a beautiful reminder that the gift of faith that has been given to us as a treasure is not just our treasure. It is not just ours, but it is for the people who are in the spheres of our lives. Because, of who, because Moses' mom and dad saw the potential in, um, in Moses, their faith like changed Moses' life. They saw potential. In verse 23, it says, By faith Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born, because they saw that he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. So, Yachbed, she isn't this, like, ordinary mom ooing and uh, gooing and gawing over her little baby. Like, oh, look at you. You're the most beautiful baby. Like every mother does, right? Like every mother says, 
oh, he's smiling. He's getting so, he's faster than every other child at smiling, right? Like, she wasn't just gushing over her little baby boy who is beautiful. It's, it's, not, it's much deeper than that. When it talks about the, that he is no ordinary child, the language that's used there it does talk about beautiful or like strikingly attractive. So he's, he's a cute little baby, little baby Moses. He's cute. He's cute. And actually, it talks about in Acts 7, when Stephen is talking about Moses, he talks about how Moses was fair in the sight of God. Now, it's not just that he was a beautiful little baby. It's not that. What he's talking about, these, his parents had insight, spiritual insight into Moses' significance. They saw his potential. They didn't just see that he was a cute little baby. They saw with spiritual eyes what God had planned. Not, not the full picture. God had something planned for this kid. They saw that. They saw the potential in him. And so because they saw the potential in their boy, they went to great lengths. They risked their life for their kid. They had faith that chose to see that there was potential in him. And that not only was there potential in Moses, but that there is potential for God to make another way. Because the way was for, his, for their child to be drowned in the Nile River. That was their, that was, that's what they were supposed to do with this little baby boy. But instead what they did is they released that boy into the purposes that God had for him in the exact same river. The same body of water that was used to kill him moved him into his purpose. And that's what, they're, that's what they saw. They saw potential. And so they, ripped, they got off their biscuit and they risked it. Like, yeah. <laughs> but their faith compelled them to do so. Their faith saw something that was bigger. They saw, and so because they saw and they could see the potential, it, they didn't fear Scripture says that they weren't afraid or they, they didn't fear Pharaoh's edict. And this idea of that, that they didn't fear, it wasn't that they were like sticking it to the man. It was because they had resolute confidence. They had resolute confidence in their God, in the, in the purpose that, they had, that God had for their kid and the ability for God to make a different way. That if God had potential for that kid, he was going to protect him. And so they didn't fear. And they risked it. They chose to see that Moses' potential and God's ability and power to accomplish something could actually change the course of what was supposed to be. They risked it. And because they did, Moses' life continued. I love that. I love that that's how Moses' life began. That's so amazing. And when I think about um, Amran and Achbed or Yachbed or however you say her name, when I think about her, I think, man, I would love to be a mom like that. I'd love to be a parent like that who could see the potential in my kids' eyes. But I'm not a mom. 
And for most of you in the room, you're not either. And you're not a dad for most of you in the room. But I don't think that their example doesn't touch us right now where we are. Because I think that our example shows us that we have to have faith that sees potential in other people. We have to see that God is doing something in other people and to potentially do something risky on our part for the potential of what God is doing in somebody else. Is my faith willing to be challenged for somebody else and what God is doing in their life? As we're, like, we're all thinking leadership, right? This is, this is a room of people who are thinking about leadership, who are creating your own definitions of leadership. And so can I compel you and challenge you to think about these parents and how they saw potential in their son and they changed, they, they actually did something. Can I challenge you that that also is leadership? That as you're thinking about your role as a leader, that your role as a leader is to see potential in people. See potential in people and then make a way so that they can get in the venue for God to like keep them going. The potential that God has for them to push them in that direction. That's leadership too. And I love, I love that this is where Moses' life begins with parents who loved him so much that were so committed to his potential that their faith drove them to do something that would have been severely punished. Not that we want to be like severely punished, but perhaps I have to make myself a little bit uncomfortable so that I can assist in the potential of somebody else. So their faith of seeing the potential in Moses would have imparted into Moses. Because by God's incredible work, by his miraculous work, his mother took care of him. How amazing! Like, I think that's the... God's hilarious. Like, I think that's amazing that his mom, who... who pushed him into the river, got her kid back. That's amazing. And so they would have had that that pivotal time, that fundamental time to raise up a son and raise up a little boy to be a person of faith. And that comes through in the next couple verses. So let's take a look at verse 24 to 27. It says, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ and for for greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to see his reward. Faith chooses to see a reward that's ahead. Faith, Moses' faith compelled him to look beyond the moment. His faith compelled him to see eternity instead of immediacy of what's going on here and now. He chose to see that beyond 
chose to see beyond his position and all that that gave him. He chose to see beyond that position and refused to be known as the Pharaoh's daughter's son. And that, that, that concept of being refusing, it's not like a, it, like it's not a matter of um, like adolescent rebellion. Like, forget you. Again, it's not that. It is a very mindful, conscious choice that he's making. He is understanding full well that he is pushing everything, affluence, like accessibility, power, influence, everything. He's pushing that aside and he's choosing to align himself with his people to choose to align himself with his God, which has nothing temporal to give him other than suffering. This is a moral, this is like a deep moral decision for him, like a compulsion that he cannot, he can't sit as like, as a part of this Egyptian aristocracy anymore. Like he can't sit in that anymore. It's like a bad taste in the mouth. Like it's, it's so, it's, the conviction is moving him so much to a place where the world calls that foolishness. Like that's foolish. Why would you do that? But he, he can't stay there. It's not him. He can't, he can't grab onto what's happening immediately. There's something greater and bigger ahead that is worth suffering for, but it's something that's ahead. It's not right now. That idea of what's ahead compelled him to do, to do something. And so when, again, when in Acts, when, if, when Stephen is talking about Moses, in Acts 7.25, it talks about how Moses, his face sort of induced this um, this conviction that God was calling him to rescue his people. Like he was looking, like he's looking ahead. Um, and so Moses chose to see eternal reward much more than, than luxury, much more than suffering. He chose to align it with his people. And unlike, we know the story of Esau, unlike Esau, who traded a long-range good for momentary pleasure, Moses did the opposite. He traded momentary pleasure for long-range good. He looked ahead. He saw way beyond what, could get, what he could get right now. He gave up the immediacy for eternity. And Moses could make those, that decision for a couple of reasons. One, he had spiritual values. So it talks about how he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value than all the material wealth of Egypt. He identifies, the Hebrew author identifies this connection of Moses and Jesus and suffering. And this connection that there is an element like Jesus the anointed one, there is an element of suffering that comes with the anointed one. Moses is getting the fact that there is suffering that is attached when, when we are anointed for a particular purpose. But the suffering that's attached to the, to the purpose, weigh, it doesn't weigh out 
on what we get in eternity. Like he, get, he gets the eternal, the, the eternal glory. He gets the eternal reward. And this is so much worth it. So he has this spiritual value. And then he also has a prophetic vision. Hebrews says that he was looking ahead to his reward, a reward that is completely unseen. He confidently believes, Moses confidently believes that God exists and rewards those who earnestly seek him, which is what, what Hebrews 11.6 says. That there is, a, there is a reward that comes if you obey. And whether... And whether, whether the reward is the Israelites' deliverance or whether the reward is eternity, the fact of the matter is, is that Moses was sure of what he hoped for and certain of what he didn't see. He stayed focused on, on what was ahead, what he couldn't grasp onto right now, what he couldn't actually, like, gather up. He was focused on that. I'm so grateful for people like Moses, particularly this concept, because I think this is a constant struggle for us. Immediate gratification right now or eternal reward. And that that fluffs out in lots of different ways for us. Are we going to look at what I can get right now? Am I going to look for like recognition now? Am I going to build up my own kingdom now? Or am I going to look ahead and know that my reward is in, found in, in Christ in heaven, in glory? Is, am I going to look ahead? Or am I going to build this, whatever this is? It's, it's a regular struggle for us, right? We face it every day. And so did Moses. But he looked ahead Faith is choosing to look ahead. It's choosing to give this up and to look ahead, even if it causes me to suffer more. That's better than this. Which then I have to ask myself, do I live that way? I want to. Do I? How about you? (laughs) Do you live that way? Do you want to? And do you? I'm grateful. I'm grateful for this example. This is where I want to get. I can't say that I'm there yet. But this is where I want to get. So faith chooses to see the potential. Faith chooses to see what's ahead. And faith chooses to see the invisible. In verse 27, it says, By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Now, this verse throws me a bit because this is not what I understand Moses to be. This is not who I understand Moses to be. Because when I think about Moses, when he's leaving Egypt for the first time, I think about him scared. In fact, let's just take a peek at Exodus 2, verse 14. So Exodus 2, verses 14 to 15, it says, 
So Moses has just killed a guy. And the man says, who made you ruler and judge over us all? Because he's now, right, like he's now like trying to separate a fight, right? And so they say, who are you? ruler and judge over us. Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did, what I did must have become known, or what, what if it has become known? And when Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian. And then he sat by a well. It says he was afraid. Does this make any sense to you? Like Hebrew says he was not afraid. Exodus says he was afraid. A little bit of disparity here. Like what? Um, what the heck? <laughs> so in, when we are at a point of like, what? We go to commentaries, right? That, they help us out. So one commentator talks about how Moses' fear wasn't actually about Pharaoh at all. Moses' fear landed in, in verse 14 at the end where it says, what I did must have become known. See, the commentary talks about how Moses' fear was, was about this, this killing being known and actually the result, what, what would the result be of people finding out that Moses killed this Egyptian um, like slave driver? And that there was this, this worry or fear that, in fact, a revolt would begin. And that, and that um, slaves would start to, like, kill people. <laughs> And so there was, and so that was the fear that the fear wasn't of Pharaoh, but the fear was of being known. Uh, and so it, it's a little bit of like this splitting hairs. This is where I've landed, and I don't know if this is sufficient. But this is where I've landed. In Hebrews, it says that he was not afraid because he saw him who was invisible. Exodus says he was afraid. And Hebrews is giving us a picture of Moses of his better, not his worst. Doug talked about that on Monday. They give us a big, a beautiful picture of who Moses is. And I think this perhaps is a moment where our imperfect faith is met by God's perfect grace. How many ever feel the pressure to do faith perfectly? Anybody? Perhaps this is a moment where we could maybe, uh, <laughs> I maybe, maybe say, take a load off, Fanny, because um, Moses was afraid. What he was afraid about maybe is here or there. Maybe that doesn't really matter for this particular point, but the matter is, is it was credited to him as being faithful. He had faith. And so this is where God's grace, his perfect grace, meets our imperfect faith. And still, God credits Moses as faithful. God is going to do the same for you and I. He will credit 
our imperfect faith and he'll cover that imperfect faith with his perfect grace and he'll look at us and he, and he does and calls you faithful and i'm so grateful i'm so grateful that god in his perfect grace covers our imperfect faith but back to the back to seeing him who is invisible perhaps that god or perhaps moses had a bit of like a prophetic vision of seeing the invisible but it's also mentioned in commentary that it actually is more about lifelong vision lifelong seeing god because the terminology can actually the language here it can actually be termed um more like he kept seeing continually the invisible or him who is invisible it, there is a continual thing that's happening here it wasn't just like i just killed a guy crap invisible god i'm gonna go like it wasn't that moses continually sees an invisible god and so this emphasis here falls not on perseverance but just continuously focusing on the invisible god it's just focus stay like choose to see god the invisible one not what's happening right now this this pull or this challenge to see the unseen is seen throughout hebrews we um gavin talked about it last week abraham he was looking for for reward to the city um, with foundation or he was looking forward to a city with foundations that hadn't yet happened yet he was looking for um, to be saw that things promised would be welcomed from a distance it says in verse 13 so he was welcoming something that wasn't even happening yet he saw what was promised abraham was looking for a better country in verses 14 and verse 16. We see this Hebrews 11 constantly talks about seeing something and seeing God who is unseen. It's looking past the what's happening here and seeing the unseen. One of my most favorite movies of all is Patch Adams. I love that movie. So it's a, a true story with some like give, but it's a true story about a man who had a different approach to the medical system and how to show care and love. The movie begins with this man um, admitting himself into a psychiatric hospital. And um, his, like, almost his very first experience that he has in this psychiatric hospital is this man comes up to his face and says, how many fingers do you see? And like shoves four fingers in his hand and um did you see that coming aren't you glad you moved from there to there <laughs> side note I, next week i think that everybody should switch seats wouldn't that be so fun anyways um, <laughs> um and so he says how many fingers do you see and so uh patch adams says four and the guy goes four four you're insane everybody is insane which is funny like given the environment and so and so he he asks this question and it sits 
in a place of discomfort in Patch Adams' life, and he sits in this, well, what's, what's the right answer? Uh, and so we're going to then see the next piece here. May I come in? If you bend your medial collateral ligaments, place one talus in front of another, I don't see where you'd have a problem. <laughs> of course, if there were a news story covering this event, the headline might read, Small Brain Enters Room. Fingers. What's the answer? Oh, you're another one of those bright young fellows who always know the right answer, that eh? Welcome to real life. something here besides a crazy bitter old man you wouldn't have come in the first place good right he says you're focusing on the problem if you focus on the problem then you can't see the solution see what everyone else chooses not to see out of fear conformity and laziness Choose what everybody else is choosing not to see. See the whole world new every see the whole world new every day. Look past the problem. That's what Moses was doing. He was looking past the problem to the solution. He constantly focused, had a faith, chose to see the one who was invisible, to see the solution. Moses could see. He could see the solution. How about us? Can we see past the fingers that are in our world? Are we looking past to see the solution? Our last uh, verse, 29, it says... 
By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians tried to do so, and they were drowned. This verse brings us full circle. I love that the way that the Hebrew author chooses to talk about Moses' life begins with somebody else and ends with somebody else. It began with somebody um, seeing the potential. And it ends with somebody who catches the vision. Moses' faith got caught. Now, again, we're at a point of disparity because Hebrews talks about how they traveled on dry ground by faith. But in Exodus, they're complaining like crazy complainers before, like right, right before the water parts. They're complaining. So then again, here we see this beautiful picture of imperfect faith being met with perfect grace. And it says that they walked through by faith. The faith that Moses had, the faith that chose to see an eternal reward, the faith that chose to see beyond the problem and the one who is invisible, the solution, was imparted. It was imparted now to people. It was imparted to this group of people who needed to take steps of faith every single day. And as we know, they weren't really good at it. And again, I love, I love the, the rawness of, just like Moses, the rawness of the Israelites, because I resonate with them so much. Because I complain. And I'm not always great at my walk of faith. I wish I was better. But then I get really like ornery and I'm like, but I've been here already, right? Like, like the Israelites complain, we've been here for years. There have been times in my life where I've said to God, I've been here for years. But that's where faith keeps coming in. So faith begins in this particular in this particular. Um, chunk of scripture in Hebrews. Faith begins by seeing potential. In this section, faith ends by giving it away, by like catching, somebody being able to catch it, that it carries on, which again reminds us our faith, which is a treasure that has been given to us, is not just for me. Mine is not just for me. My faith is for you. And your faith is for me. And our faith is for the world. So that they would know that there is a Jesus who's beyond the problem and is the solution. That's Our faith needs to be caught. And so we need to live it out. Right? So then to review our, the way that Moses is created, his life of faith, shows us that faith is to choose to see potential. Can I challenge you? Look with eyes of potential. See things in people that maybe they don't even see in themselves. Call it out. Encourage them. Inspire them. You're a part of their faith story. Secondly, choose to see what's ahead. 
that right now, this life, let's say we take, we end up being 86 years and then we die. There's a way, there's a ton more living that we do after the fact. This life that we have is not the be all and end all. So we need to see beyond this and see our eternal reward. We need to have faith that chooses to see the invisible one continuously. That we would see what he's doing on a regular basis. And my challenge is for us to have faith that chooses to see so that others can see too. So that others can catch the vision. I'm going to ask the band to come up. And I'd love for us to like, like there's, you know, I, God has been doing great things here. And I believe that there is a challenge for us. And so I'm going to ask you about the fingers in your life. Do you actually have fingers in your life, problems, situations that are so close to your face, so close that you actually can't see the solution? Where you're so focused on what's ahead of you that you can't see the invisible God who's working? If you have stuff, problems, things, situations in your life that you're so focused on, can I challenge you? Meet with Jesus here. Change your perception. Do the perception work here tonight so that you can see the invisible God who is working on your behalf about those particular situations.